You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, we've got a great show for you today. We're going to check in with Gail Banks. He's going to give us an update on my Ford Lightning. We put it on the dyno and he's going to tell us what some of the results were and, uh, and some more. We're going to get into some more cool things as well. But before we get started, let me tell you about Continental. If you think of all the weird things that you find in cars, and I'm not just talking about French fries or melted crayons, things like live snakes, bizarre trinkets, stuff that makes you wonder about folks. Well, another thing that'll make you wonder, but certainly in a good way, are Continental belts. I bet you didn't know that they're OE and millions of Chrysler, Dodge, Ford, BMW, VW, and GM vehicles. And Continental has launched their aftermarket multi-V belt with their OE pedigree. It's their OE technology series of belts. These are the serpentine belts that are in pretty much all the cars out there. Well, their belts are fanatically engineered for perfect fit, form, and function for 98% of the vehicles on the road in the U.S. and Canada. It's Continental's OE Technology Series Multi-V Belt. It's the belt with the OE pedigree. To get the full story, go to OETechnologySeries.com. All right, let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, with Bill Goldberg. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good, partner, and you? Doing all right. It's been, uh, things have been very, uh, very busy. Um, busy with you, busy with me, and kind of running around, and... Uh, Oh man, we had some good shows that came up recently. Certainly, uh, if you guys um, uh, missed the uh, car cast that uh, Adam and I did live in Portland, um, first of all, thanks to everybody who came out to that event. It must have been I don't know five hundred people, something like that. I came out to that event at the World of Speed Museum, which is fantastic. We got to interview Mario Andretti, um, and uh, he's great. And he's tiny. He's he's adorable. <laughs> you want to hug him? <laughs> yeah, com- coming from you. <laughs> right? Yeah. He walked in and I was like, I'm a giant. <laughs> He's um, hilarious, man. You know, it's such a such a magnaflow guy throughout the years and you know, we've been able to talk to him. I can imagine it was just pretty cool sitting down and having that nice conversation. I mean, you know, he came into the green room and, and we you know, we chatted a bit first and uh he didn't want to sit. He was just animated and, and talking. He had just come right right from the uh IndyCar event. Uh, doing the ride-alongs in the tandem car and stuff. And then he was, uh, you know, he he came out and what a great, just huge, loud standing ovation for him. And, uh, you know, I, I wish we had two or three hours with him. We're going to have to do something again. But for him to 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 make the haul right from the track directly to the museum and whatnot was, was great. So um, that was fun. Uh, I know what's going on right now is the Frankfurt Auto Show. We're going to have uh, Alistair Weaver come back in. He's there now. Um, he went to two big things recently, and that's why uh, we're going to get him in. He went to the Porsche Taycan like, premiere event, the debut of that, and then he's at the auto show. we got to debrief him. Yeah, and I think, he's, uh, I think the plan is he's flying back soon. He's going to come in next week. He already texted me, and he's like, we've got so much to talk about. Um, but here's a few things interesting uh, coming up. First of all, Lamborghini Scion. It's a hybrid supercar. It looks kind of badass. It's, it's a way for, for, for the Volkswagen group to be experimental and offer 
this type of stuff in the form of a Lamborghini, and then maybe some of this technology trickles down to their other lineups of cars and Volkswagen and you know Porsche and Audi and all that stuff. But what's interesting is, first of all, it does look pretty cool. Very over the top, but very cool. I don't have the specs or the numbers on it yet. Uh, Alistair may be bringing that back or Lamborghini will unveil it at some point. But this is what I thought, which was interesting. It doesn't have conventional batteries like a hybrid would. It has super capacitors. And the capacitors hold a charge for a short amount of time. Um, and, uh, and they're very fast reacting. They, could, they can expel that, uh, for lack of a better term, they can expel that power very quickly. So the hybrid system <laughs> I constantly – well, I don't know that you like plug it in. Yeah, but but uh, capacitors do uh, get a charge quickly. So um, for those guys listening, because this is CarCast, the best example I could give you is in the high-end uh, car audio world, um, a lot of guys will put some amplifiers and stuff in their car, and uh, and every time the bass hits – there's so much draw on that big amplifier, you'll start to see like the f- the headlights of a car <laughs> dim. Yeah, have you ever seen that? The headlights of a car will dim. So what you have do? I've never seen that. I've I've driven in the in, in said car. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So what you do is is you get a capacitor. It's like the size of a of a can of Coke. Uh, you know, or a can of beer or whatever. And it goes in between the battery and the amp. And what it does is the battery is constantly charging that. And every time the base hits, it pulls from that capacitor. You know, it pulls that charge from that capacitor and the battery immediately zaps it again and gives it a little more juice. And that eliminates that problem. So now imagine that in a form of powering electric motors when the Lamborghini needs that power. You know, um, if you think about it, the base in your car probably hits way more often than those capacitors need to be used in 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 the car to power the electric motors. But anyway, that's their theory is constantly so charged. Why did they go that route? Uh, it's much lighter. It's it's a much lighter weight system, and uh, and I think they can build these supercapacitors or put them in different places, and and uh, uh, apparently the Lamborghini guys, the engineers over there, are all in on this. They love the idea of the supercapacitors versus putting a thousand pounds of batteries underneath the car. Uh, you know, um, we it, we always think of racing cars as as being lightweight. You know, Lotus had always said, add lightness to it. But as we start to build these super, uh, these hypercars, these like Rimac and, and, and even Tesla to some extent, like you have to add all this weight with, with batteries. And they're saying, well, what if we don't have to add all that weight? What if we can do something that's a little bit lighter weight? It still has the electric motors and things like that, but, um, but they're trying to find a way to make it a little bit different. Um, so anyway, uh, Hopefully we get some more information about that. That looks pretty interesting. Of course, Porsche Taycan. Uh, uh, we'll get all the good specs. We talked about the numbers. We talked about uh, the naming convention. We'll get into that. There's obviously no gas engine, so there's no turbo, but they're calling it a turbo and a turbo S. Porsche is doing that across the lineup now, right? Um, so we'll get into that. Uh, VW has their ID3, which is an electric car. It's the size of a Golf. It's going to be available in Europe uh, in the spring for around 30,000 euros. And this is VW's 
entry-level all-electric vehicle, which could be a huge deal in Europe especially. You know, fuel there is so expensive. Um, Smaller people. <laughs> they're all Mario Andretti. <laughs> and uh uh and then this is what was kind of interesting um i got the uh the press packages on it today land rover has brought back the defender the defender 90 and the defender 110 they're gonna have a four-door i guess kind of three row like a five seat plus two jump seat version and maybe a two-door version but the land rover defender i do like to bring back the defender name you know what it looks a little bit like is imagine the land rover defender uh of of your and and think of the bronco from back in the day and then think of like the silver kind of futuristic looking but kind of cool looking like a bronco concept that was out a few years ago well the land rover defender looks like that it looks like the bronco concept but the the defender concept would be a modern day concept of that um it it looks kind of interesting. I, I don't know if they're going to be doing sort of a convertible, like, soft-top Jeep-esque version like they did of the Defender. Um, but uh, uh, the images they sent were a four-door and a two-door. Um, and it starts Hopefully they at, got more power than they did originally. Yeah, and they – I don't know that a lot of people are using their Land Rover for off-road, but that's what their legacy is built on. And they built more off-road capabilities into the new Defender than anything they've had in their lineup. Um, so arguably, you know, y- you can make that jump if you're like, hey, I've been driving a Jeep for years, but, you know, I've, I've, I'm, maybe I have a little more income and uh, I'm a little bit older and I want something a little bit nicer, but I still want to do in some of these excursions. Uh, I think uh, the, the Defender could fit the bill. I don't think you're going to do King of the Hammers in it, but you know what I'm getting at. Uh, um, but, you know, hey, that space is getting pretty attractive. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Um, all cool stuff. We're going to get, uh, we're going to get Gail Banks on in a couple of minutes. Um, first, uh, uh, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about JB Weld, and I think we're going to play a little bit of a game for these guys. Um, for the JB Weld, you guys heard us talk about them before. We know you love them over here for big or small projects at home or in the garage. You need something that lasts, and we're proud to have JB Weld Epoxy Adhesive here as a sponsor of CarCast. You keep JB Weld in your toolbox, kitchen drawer, craft room. It's good for metal, wood, plastic, pretty much anything. It's made in the USA. Pros and DIYers have trusted JB Weld for more than 50 years. We use it here. We use it at the shop. We got it in the garage over there. We got some at home. We keep it in the drawers all over the place over here. It's available at jbweld.com, Home Depot, Lowe's, AutoZone, Advanced Auto Parts, O'Reilly, Walmart, Amazon, and more. JB Weld's the world's strongest bond. All right, let's do this. Let's, uh, all right. Let's, uh, you guys want to play the game? Yeah, let's play. How's it going to work? All Break right. It down. You, Matt, and uh, Goldberg on the line are going to have to guess can JB Weld fix it? <laughs> okay. I have some car problems that people have on YouTube. And uh, they tried J.B. Weld, so we're going to see if J.B. Weld was able to help them out with their problems, this first guy. All right, so you're going to show me a couple YouTube videos. Yeah. I'll quickly explain what it is, I'm gonna, and we've got to figure out. Yeah, we're, I'm going to show you. I'm going to give you guys the setup here. This first guy, he was driving his slammed Integra. Okay. And uh, here's what happened. My radiator was so close to the ground because the car is slammed yeah. that it drug, and now I have a pinhole leak on the bottom of the radiator. And I would like to test out before I go by and put another radiator on it. All right. So wait, yeah. he's 
He, you're saying yes. You're saying, you're saying yeah. He jumped right in. Yes. All right. So he, he's got to slam the integrity. Throw it out there before anybody else. Yeah. He, he's got to slam the integrity. He says pinhole a leak. I say he tore a hole in the bottom. But um, I'm going to go. Yeah. This sounds like something JB Well can do. I'm sure they got they got enough product up there. Let's find out. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah. She's, she's back running, guys. Might be time to call the dyno. Watch out. Might be time to sell that hunk of crap. <laughs> Sounds like a washing machine. <laughs> it sounded terrible. At least the radiator works. Yeah, radiator All right, what's, what else? What's All next? All right, this next guy, he had an eight-horsepower cast iron engine and uh, had a crack in it. Can JB Will fix it? Let's look. So okay. Yeah. Little engine. <laughs> and I did put oil in it to see where the leaks was coming from, if there was multiple. And you can see this one... It's all puddled up right here. All right, so this this is some sort of like compressor pump, some sort of uh, engine like compressor yeah. engine. I don't know if it's even a well, it's oil filled. And I'm going to say it's like some sort of compressor pump. And uh, uh, I don't know. I'm looking at that crack. It's it's a cast iron thing. This is what JBL sort of cut their teeth on, right? Like fixing exhaust manifolds and stuff. I'm going to say yes. I'm with you, Bill. Yes. <laughs> Well, I'm just going to say that since they're our sponsor. They, they, <laughs> uh, Bill, Bill's playing against the game. <laughs> Chances I'm just are. I'm saying, man, I'm going with the best odds. All right. Well, let's, all right. Let's, all right. Let's see if Bill's strategy worked. Can JB Weld fix it? So we're going to give it a shot and see if she starts up. Oh, it was a generator. Gas generator. Look at that. There we go. Yeah, it looks like it worked. He should attach that thing to something. <laughs> it's just floating around in the grass. Sounds better than that guy's car. I know. It sounds better <laughs> than the Acura. <laughs> All right, we have one more. All right. Matt, explain what happens in this one. All right, here we go. Oh, oh my God. This guy pulled a wheel out of the trunk uh, of his no. car, and he dropped it, and it That's cracked in half. His spare, uh, his spare rim. First of all, if it cracked that easy, this guy should have absolutely uh, not used that thing. I'm going to pull the curtain back a little bit. He sawed it in half. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it seemed like it was cut perfectly. All right. So he's going to try to JB weld this thing together? Yeah, his, uh, his spare tire together. I'm going to say it works. I just don't think I'd be hitting the track with that thing. <laughs> or the street. Right. All right, let's find out because I'm guessing Bill says it works too. Here we go. Oh, absolutely. That was a good God, look at this car. It's the uh, front passenger tire there. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he should use it to fix more stuff on his car. <laughs> and that was, will JB Weld fix it? All right, good. All right, guys. Yay. All right, let's let's move on. Let's uh let's uh let's get Gail Banks on the uh on the horn here. We uh took the my lightning truck over to uh banks put it on the dyno and boy is this exciting <laughs> the numbers that we came up with on this thing are uh come on man a, come on come on come on a little and disappointing right i gotta maybe initially or or the change or uh, overall what 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 well we 
We we put it up there, and Gail will get into some of the testing that he did on it. We we you know we, we're monitoring some stuff on there, but um, we know this is what we know. We know the motor is stock, except for the Powerdyne supercharger, which we were speculating would probably be generating more heat than it would horsepower. It it it, it, it generates a lot of heat and. There's no intercooler on it. Um, it has to be doing something. We just didn't know what. It uh, it can't be eating horsepower. It is blowing air in there somehow. So um, uh, we did some testing, and then and uh, uh, we hello. Hey, hello. Gail on this end. All right, Gail, how are you? Uh, you're on with me. It's Matt DeAndre, and we're on with uh, Goldberg. Hey, how you doing, Gail? Doing good, Bill. Thank you. So we were uh, we were just uh, setting this up a little bit. We had um, we had the my my lightning uh, took it over to you guys and uh, put it up on the dyno. First, we we hooked up one of your iDash uh, data monster gauges and and put some sensors on the engine because we felt like it would be important to to bring in some data to find out what's going on good, bad or otherwise. So you guys uh, put your uh, put sensors on there to get ambient air temperature or air density and then check the air coming into the air filter, going into the blower, coming out of the blower, and then into the engine, you know, into the manifold. And uh, I don't know if you had time to crunch any of the numbers to see what, what's going on there, but you and I um, were there for the dyno day, and uh, needless to say, we were a bit disappointed in the, in the <laughs> dyno results, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh... Well, are you guys basing it on you know the stock horsepower of a of an American muscle car these days, or or the baseline of in the reality of that truck? Yeah, so yeah, we, yeah, we started with the truck. This is what we know: the truck is rated at two hundred and forty horsepower and three hundred and forty pound feet of torque, and we know that in the real world we've pulled some data online, and guys are getting about. Uh, 195 horsepower to the tires and about 270 pound-feet of torque to the tires. So 195, 270 are the baseline numbers. Where did we go from there, Gail? Well, uh, yeah, you 195 stock. Yeah. Uh, we didn't... <laughs> We didn't fare too well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am just trying to get you guys to give me an answer. All right, all right. I'm here five minutes. I'm not going to bury the lead. Here it is. Here's the answer. We did a corrected horsepower of 203. We picked up a whopping eight horsepower, and we put down 344 pound feet of torque. So we picked up uh, 75. 75 pound-feet of torque, but eight horsepower. We have a supercharger running, I don't know, six pounds of boost or something. They claim it was a 10-pound pulley, but it's not making the boost. It's making 4.8 pounds of boost. Okay, there it goes. So it's making <laughs> less than five pounds of boost, and it adds eight horsepower. Yeah. 
the, the problem really, and it even moved the horsepower peak. Uh, the horsepower peak is supposed to be at 4,200 RPM. It's, it's down about 1,000 RPM. It's, it's around 3,200 RPM. Uh, basically, this, this thing makes boost, but it also makes heat. So boost increases the air density and the horsepower, and heat takes the air density away and decreases the horsepower. Uh, there's no intercooler with this thing. Right. So we've got a situation where, where if you look at the ambient air density, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, but there's, the air intake to the blower is under the hood where the air is hotter than the outside air. Right. We're running so, like an open element filter under the hood. Under That's the just hood. the way it came that way. Yeah. And, that, and the hood, the filter was, was well, well used. Uh, mm-hmm. But basically, if you inhale under hood air, it's like decreasing the boost. You're, you've already got hot air, and now you're going to make it hotter, and there's no intercooler. So if you just look at the boost side of things, you expect way more than you're getting. But if you look at the air density side of things, that's a pounds of air per thousand cubic feet. Uh, pounds per thousand, pounds per thousand can, can, controls horsepower. Okay. Boost it, it, it is just hard of figuring that out, but our, our I-data monsters do that. So I'm looking at, at density improvement, and it's not very big. It's, it's about eight horsepower worth. But the problem is, as the engine speed goes up, the heat gets hotter and hotter coming out of the supercharger, so it gave you a torque boost, kind of mid-range, and it gave you a little bit more horsepower there, but, but then the horsepower dwindles off. In other words, it's kind of flatlined to the, to, out to 4,500 RPM, which is where, where we cut it off. Suffice it to say, the thing would feel good around town because it's adding torque, but if you went drag rate, racing it wouldn't add much because that's all about horsepower right it's just a pig at the uh, halfway down the track it's just not doing anything anymore it's not pulling it's not yeah i think about halfway down the track your head has hit the windshield (laughs) (laughs) probably going to decel you know what i'm saying yeah Uh, it's just it's just not a good solution so but this is our baseline for the truck right you know, we're nominally, what was it, 203 horsepower. Yeah. So where we're going to go from here is There's nowhere be- but up. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I mean, this thing, the performance just running on the starter motor is almost as good. <laughs> <laughs> so if we hit, if we hit, you know... It's the engine displacement is it's a three fifty one. Yeah. So we're not even making one horsepower per cube. Right. Uh, it's already it's, embarrassing, Gail. You don't need to rub it in. 
<laughs> oh, but no, but hey, listen, dude. This isn't this isn't about embarrassment. You knew, you knew, you knew when you bought that truck that you weren't buying a demon by any stretch of the imagination. You were buying a cool piece, you know. That that's a truck that's ret, that's that's old school, and it was a limited production. And it's a cool piece, yeah. and, and it is what it is. You can't, you know, you you can't make it into something that it's not. You know, the the beauty of it is that that. Uh, that uh, Mr. Banks has it in his possession, and I'm sure that uh, you guys are going to do nothing but make it perform better. Right. That that's the idea is is to give us a nice platform, something kind of fun to jump off of, um, uh, Gail. So I'm I, I'm curious why this turned into torque, and you know I, I we know why it's not horsepower, but the supercharger is doing something. It's blowing air into the engine, and when you add some fuel to that. We have to get some sort of result. You need to you need to de- define blowing air. If you're just making making more pressure, but at the same time heating the air, uh, the only measurement of blowing more air is more air density per cubic foot. That's right. The only valid measurement, and a boost gauge does, doesn't tell you what's going on. Right. Uh, the boost gauge the is just a, curve, a measure of, of curve, back pressure. The power curve itself tells you what's going on. Yeah. That little supercharger is pretty good for the, the pressure it's producing. It's pretty good up to the mid-range of, of its flow. And then it falls off the edge of a cliff. Yeah. So, that's what's going on. You're getting a torque increase that's kind of respectable, but you're getting an embarrassing horsepower increase because the more air mass that thing needs to yeah. flow, uh, the worse it gets. Uh, so this is all about... We should have had, and we will have, that next time that truck is here... An air mass sensor, right? So we'll know the mass flow. Yeah, you know, and basically we'll have a lot more more information than we had here. Uh, now I have, I have an air to air intercooler. I just happen to have an extra one in my in my storage of parts. Pocket. I'm going to yeah, pretty much in my pocket uh, from an yeah. old project, and uh, yeah. I'm gonna pull the grill off this truck and see if it's something that I could fit in there. It's a pretty good air-to-air intercooler from Pro Charger. It's meant for one of their eight or 900 horsepower deals, um, so it should be sufficient. Sure. Let me see if I can get it mounted in there, and I'm curious. Uh, let's, plumb it, let's plumb it in with it. The existing blower and see what happens. That's what I'm worried. That's what I'm wondering. Is should we try to yeah. plumb it in there just to see if this actually cures some problems? Well, let's, yeah. Let's do two things. Yeah. Let's intercool this pup. Okay. And let's get cold air to the blower. I got gotcha. you. So oh, we got to move that we air pull filter that off. Yeah, we got to move that air filter someplace, uh, and then intercool it. And even if we just make shift some tubing off the intercooler to make it work. It doesn't need to be permanent, right? This is just this is just a, a temporary before and after, just to see, sort of to define 
the importance of intercooling to see if this makes a difference or not. Um, yeah, and I, I got to tell you guys, uh, it's pretty amazing how important the intercooling is. <laughs> now, it, I, it, oh, yeah. it can contribute as much air density as the turbo or the supercharger. In other words, as much horsepower. Mm-hmm. So, you know, ambient, ambient air contributes some density, and then you add to that density with a blower, and then you add to that density some more. So you might have a, a, a third of the horsepower coming from the ambient air density, a third from the blower, and a third from the intercooler. You don't even have a freaking intercooler. Right. <laughs> so, and you've got a, a blower that's heating the hell out of the air. So, yeah, this will be fun. Is and there, you you want to start with cold, dense air to, to begin with. So, is there, a, is there a rule of thumb that you go by when you develop your systems? If you, you're, you know, you're kind of out in, you know, in the desert. If you're on your dyno developing a Banks turbo system for a new Jeep or you're doing a turbo upgrade or something, uh, one of your kits, do you say, hey, to, 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 your, to your team there, to your engineers, you say, let's develop a system. If it's 80 degrees outside temperature, mm-hmm. we don't want more than 100 degrees blowing in the engine, like through intercooling or whatever. We know turbos, superchargers, and all that is going to increase. Like, what's the goal? Do you try to get it to be as close to ambient blowing into the motor, or is there some... Is there some sort of acceptable okay. range? Yeah. So if the if the uh, ambient temperature is a hundred and the boost air temperature is three hundred, you, you, your cooling opportunity is two hundred degrees. Right. And the ambient air is cooling the intercooler. So I want ninety percent of that at a minimum. So uh, that would mean a. Uh, uh, 180 degrees, which would make my uh, air uh, into the uh, engine 120. 120, okay. On a 100-degree day. All right, so you're going for 90%. There's a backside to this. Okay. And, of course, we've actually, using the data data monster, we can give you that number. It's called effectiveness. Okay. That temperature recovery number, when we put the intercooler in, we'll instrument the intercooler. Uh, The other part of it is what's the boost loss, the pressure drop, the boost pressure loss through the intercooler. That's the negative side of an intercooler. And I never want that to be... Is that substantial? Well, it shouldn't be, but a lot of them are. Uh, really? Yeah. So I don't want it. Say I'm running a uh, thousand horsepower, fifteen hundred horsepower setup. Mm-hmm. I don't want that thing to be dropping the boost pressure, which might be forty, fifty psi, uh, uh, eighty, ninety, a hundred psi. We, uh, I don't. I. My rule of thumb is uh, uh, two two pounds of boost. Yeah. Uh, that's it. 
so that takes away some of the gain that you get from dropping the temperature. Nobody's ever had an instrument to read intercooler efficiency, but if you, but I do because I just about four months ago submitted two patents on reading that and controlling it. So, uh, and, and I'll be showing it at SEMA. The point being, the intercooler is hugely important. Yeah. And nobody has a gauge to measure what it does. Uh, everybody has a freaking boost gauge. But right. It, that's half-assed. It doesn't measure all of what the supercharging is doing. So, your yeah. truck from... 1995, you know, we've got a, what is that, 24 years ago? Yeah. We've got a 24-year-old truck, so it's going to have 2020 instrumentation in it. And this is going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> especially, I, when, especially when that engine gets bigger. Right. When we build that engine and go with the bigger supercharger and the big displacement, we're going to have some uh, – we're able to see – I mean, Gail and I were talking, and, um, you know, we'd like to do three times the horsepower. We want to put at least three times the power down to the tires when we're done with this. And to your point about boost, boost boost is – is a measurement of of that of that pressure that's in your in your manifold, for example. For example, but it's so, not it's not a measure of all of it, right? It's not measuring ambient pressure, and ambient pressure is, is part of the total force pushing in the air into the cylinder, and the boost gauge doesn't measure it. It, it doesn't. I mean, in Europe, they measure boost pressure or manifold pressure in bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can do that and do do that here. If you measure manifold pressure as absolute pressure, that starts at a perfect vacuum. And when the piston goes down the bore on an intake stroke, it's moving so damn fast, it's forming an almost perfect vacuum in the cylinder. Yeah. How, got- does, a, how does an unblown engine work? How, how does the <laughs> air get? It has no boost pressure. How right. the hell does it run? <laughs> right. Mother Nature is forcing it in. Right. Boost gauge doesn't include Mother Nature's force. Therefore, boost gauges are half-assed. Right. So uh, right now, At best, they're our, half-assed. our atmospheric pressure is 14.7 uh, pounds. So yeah. one bar is 14.7. That's, that's our atmospheric pressure at sea level. Exactly. And you've right? got that going in. So that's that's basically a baseline going into it, and then the boost gauge that we know uh, in all of our cars is is just a measurement of of the pressure wherever your gauge is plugged into, usually your intake manifold. But to think of it this way: if you were running a car and uh, you had a supercharger or turbo, and it kept uh, peaking at ten pounds. Of, of boost, 10 PSI of right. boost. But if you ported that intake manifold or the cylinder heads on your vehicle, you might start to see eight pounds of boost, but with more power because you've made, you, you've reduced that back pressure, which is pushing if, into if that. If your gate. supercharger is belt driven, you'd see exactly that. Yeah. 
But if you've got a turbocharger uh, and it's density driven, then you wouldn't see that. It, it would keep the manifold air density the same. And what would change is the cylinder, the end cylinder air density. The difference between manifold air density and cylinder air density is the volumetric efficiency of the cylinder heads. Yeah. Anyway, it's 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 yeah. good stuff. It's interesting stuff. I can't wait to get into it a little bit more. Um, I'm glad we've got. Well, I'm going to uh, be bringing. The, I'm going to be bringing the tech. So your listeners who get into the tech. Yeah. The true gearheads out there. I got it, guys. We'll I, be bringing it. I want to post that ambient air temp. And that air filter temp and that blower temp. And then um, the guys at Banks are also putting together a video, so we'll get you some of that information as well. We'll, we'll post a video with this. And, uh, and we are data logging all this information. We have the Banks i-dash uh, data monster in there, and you can put in the little, uh, uh, the little memory card. SD card. Uh, the SD card. Now, yeah. there's a couple I'm ways. i store. There's a couple ways you guys can do this is one, if you have an old school vehicle like mine, you put in your own sensors and you daisy chain them into the i-dash uh, uh, gauge and it, yeah. and it works. It's on a data bus, a CAN bus. Um, but if yeah. you have an OBD2 vehicle, um, specifically the 2008s and newer you can plug this right into the, to, to your OBD2 system and put the gauge in there. So, uh, for example, Bill, on, on one of your, uh, uh, you know, you're getting your, your Hellcat all, all modded up and uh, the bigger blower and stuff. You can How put the gauge. How is that correct for Bill? I just. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's uh, so correct. That's so spot on, guys. <laughs> the demon? Oh, right. man. Yeah. Wait to hear about all these things. But, um, oh, all right. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was nice. All right, so guys, go to uh, go to go to bankspower dot com and uh, and check out all the things that they're doing there in the i dash gauge. We'll get some videos posted for you as well. Gail, thank you so much. We're going to let you go so we can start wrapping some things up here, and then we will t- we will check in again and uh, and uh, get some more uh, get some more of that data. And if I get an intercooler mounted, um, well, I'd love to come back and visit you guys. And oh yeah, we're doing it. Um, I, I appreciate you, Gail. that. Thanks, oh, Gail. Yeah, this is fun, Bill. Thank. You. Thanks, guys. Yes, sir. All right. Take care. All right. And uh, before we move on, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Dodge. There's never been a better time to join the Brotherhood of Muscle because now we're offering Dodge Power Dollars, which means for each horsepower, you'll get $10 off. So if you think about this, if you get a Dodge Challenger SRT Hellcat Red Eye, $10 off per horsepower, that's $7,970 off. See dealers for details. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by September 30th, 2019. Based on 2019 Ward's midsize sport utility vehicle segment excludes other FCA US LLC vehicles. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. All right. This gets paid by the second. <laughs> He's meant to be like the really fast chatty guy, like going through there. Um, uh, Bill, what's going on with uh, with uh, you get any? You updates? really want to segue segue from your two hundred horsepower truck to my nine hundred and seventy seven horsepower to the tire? Uh, okay. No, I want to segue from our Dodge ad to your Dodge Hellcat. 
that. <laughs> um, I like how you slid that in there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we, man. We, you, uh, you saw the dyno. You had it up on the dyno, right? This is the uh, the the uh, the Challenger Hellcat that already had the wide body conversion on it, and uh, and then the engine builder is doing the big Whipple. Yeah, Speedcore uh, did the carbon fiber and uh, gearhead fabrications. Our buddy Mario down there in Florida. <clears throat> is doing all the uh, engine massaging, and uh, he also has my charger motor, mm-hmm. as we speak, you know, setting the turbos up for that. But, uh, yeah, we put a big, giant whipple on this thing, and uh, it's it's back in Wisconsin at Speed Core right now, um, getting the calipers and the supercharger dipped in my new camouflage to present at SEMA. So, oh, that's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, you know, we got a do a little flashy thing for it for SEMA. But uh, as far as performance-wise, man, you saw that video. It, was, it pulled 977, I think, over, a little over 1,200 to the, to the crank. To the crank. So about 808 torque. So a uh, uh, short throw shifter in there, a couple other little goodies, but uh, no cage on it yet until after SEMA. So I'm going to have to be really careful. I'm taking it to Vegas next Thursday. Um, you know, so I need a little seat time on the puppy. Got a little more substantial horsepower bump than the last time I had it. So yeah. Um, Listen, now's not the time to show off. You know what I'm saying? Like, get a feel for it and do good things, especially uh, after all the news we've been hearing about uh, about uh, about Kevin Hart. And uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear he's doing better. If you guys follow the Rocket post updates of his buddy kevin hart um uh, sad to hear about the accident and the people got injured sad to hear about the car a speed core car but like we've said before you know that car can be you could build another one we're not too worried about the car i mean it, it's sad but uh um but uh hopefully everybody's going to come out uh a hundred percent on that deal um so yeah you go out you be careful and like uh I, i'm with you on this put the roll cage in there um get that car beefed up and uh, and 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 take it easy as you start to get a feel for that thing. Yeah, you know, it's all about finding. Hey, my my philosophy in being able to handle a car is you have to take it somewhere where it's legal to take it to its limits. It's safe to take it to to its limits, and then you work backwards from there. If you don't know its limits, you don't know the crazy trouble you can get in. Oh yeah. So. Um, that, that's what I plan to do with that car. And, you know, I'm going to do with it what I've done all the rest, you know, get as much seat time as possible and then not, not do anything stupid. Anymore. That's it's it. all about uh, going out and respecting the horsepower. That's right. I respect my 203 horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> or respecting your lack of horsepower. <laughs> hey, but, dude, like I said, man, like I said, you, you didn't, you didn't pick up a super stock dart, right? So you knew what you were getting into. Right. And it's a, it's a damn cool piece. You see what it's opened up since you've had the vehicle, whether it be on the show or whether it be social media wise or whether it be with with uh, with Gail. Yeah, you know he sounds excited. I mean, all the old school guys love it. Hit, you know, hit, look hit. at the attention you've gotten out of it. Much more so than any of your other vehicles. I can almost guarantee it. 
Gail is so great. All of his team is great. Uh, they're they're fantastic. They've they're just absorbing all the data on this. Um, I'm I'm curious to see where it's going to go. There was a, there was something happening on the dyno that we didn't get it into. Um, I'll tell you in a second. First, let me uh, tell you guys about Castrol Edge. Castrol Edge stronger under pressure. If you're running a boosted engine like us, you're going to want this. Engines can lose up to 10 percent of performance due to friction, and Castrol Edge, which fluid with fluid titanium, transforms under pressure to keep metal apart and fight power robbing friction to unlock exhilarating performance, especially on an older engine my, like mine. It's three times stronger than the leading full synthetic against viscosity breakdown per the Kurt Orban test in the 5W30 VIS grade. Formula Edge has always exceeded the toughest industry standards, but their new and improved formula incorporates the latest technology to make it transform to be the strongest when pressure is highest. Check out Castrol Edge. So that actually brings up a good point. I'm going to bring the truck back, and they put it on the dyno for several more runs just to do the data logging, and they were figuring out that uh, it was starting to misfire. And it was, could be a combination of things. Is one, maybe the, bla- the, the, the plugs are fouling, uh, the ignition system, possibly the cap or rotor, um, anything uh, in their basic tune-up setup was starting to foul, um, and also probably the heat starting to be generated more and more. It was Already it was generating heat, and then it was probably yeah. suffering from from heat soak and starting to ping a little bit. So we need to check the timing. I need to pull the plugs and uh, and maybe pull the cap and uh, and rotor off that thing and see kind of uh, where we are with that. And um, and possibly change the oil as well. Um, why not? I don't know when it was done. Um, and uh, and kind of take it from there, and it'll be interesting to see if we intercool it and bring it back. Have we eliminated the uh, the misfire issue or the, any of the pinging issues that were going with it? So I think that'll be a. Uh uh, kind of interesting to go back. I think the intercooler is going to make all the difference in the world. It wouldn't surprise me if this went from an eight horsepower jump to a seventy or eighty horsepower jump just by the two things that Gail said: putting the intercooler on there and then moving the open element air filter to someplace cool into a fender well or the front of the you know front of the grill or something out of the engine compartment because if it's a hundred degrees outside out where he is, it's got to be 150 under the hood of that thing, and then it's compressing that air. It, the air filter's got to be sucking in like 150, 140 degrees, and then compressing it and heating it and putting it into the motor. Um, and it's it's it was it was funny when we walked away. We're like, God, I can't believe it's only eight horsepower. But it, it is generating some torque. Imagine building... Uh, it's about that density that he's talking about. Imagine building a 427 small block, okay? And some guys in racing do this when they're when they have a horsepower cap in road racing, and uh, or or maybe even autocross or something. If there's a horsepower cap, you can build a large displacement engine and then start to plug it up with a, let's say, a smaller throttle body or some sort of inlet tube, and that would be the restrictor, basically, like a restrictor plate, but it's just a throttle body opening, and that starts to limit the horsepower, but you can still build a lot of torque. That's why you're going with the big displacement engine. Um, So in theory, we have a little bit of that. We have a 351 with a supercharger that we're jamming air into, but 
the heat being generated is almost like pinching off that intake manifold so it's not getting enough air in it um and uh and it's it's destroying the density of that air but um anyway it's pretty interesting stuff uh uh it'll be uh good to see where it goes from there um before we wrap up, let me tell you about Geico. Everybody's got a to-do list. You drop off your dry cleaning. You pick up some milk. Now you can add you can add saving hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list, and you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. If you just go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. So if you want some extra money in your pocket, this is the most rewarding to-do you can do today. Um. Bill's got some things coming up. If you guys haven't been watching, check out uh, 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 Knife or Death, the show on History Channel. Um, I What is it? Season three? Season three, Thursday night. Season three. Back-to-back episodes. Third. And you know what, man? I, I wasn't really happy with this series, you know, the first year. And uh, there were a lot. It was missing a lot of things. And I got to be honest with you, man. The production on this one and, and the gaps that they filled – um, make season three pretty palatable, and I, I'm, I'm enjoying it, man. So hopefully, people are also. That's awesome. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you are liking it, and hopefully, people watching it are liking it. If uh, if you want to see, uh, you want to go meet Bill. You want to go meet him live in a few days from now on Vegas. Friday, Vegas. Is it Friday? Saturday? Which what day is it? Friday, Friday, three thirty, man. Uh, Vegas Convention Center with Limitless for the uh, the Olympia Expo. The Olympia Expo is going on. Man. Olympia Expo. This is the big uh, health and fitness and bodybuilding thing that's going on down there. The Limitless booth. Uh, I think you can go to Limitless uh, EX. Is it Limitless EX? Let's see if that's what it is. It's like limitlessex.com, uh, I think. And uh, these guys are pretty. These guys are pretty cool, man. It's they they put together. They're right at the entrance of the of the convention center, mm-hmm. and they've got uh, unbeknownst to me, the guy's a big car guy. So he's got. I think he's got four exotics sitting in the front, and then uh, we got a number of people doing autographs throughout the the, the weekend. And, uh, man, GSP and uh, Cody No Love and uh, a couple of WWE guys and girls and, and some, Anderson some Silva and UFC Nick guys. And a bunch of guys. Uh, so it's LimitlessSX.com, and uh, it's booth 1201. It's Friday, September 13th. It's in Vegas if you guys want to go to that event. I, I assume you can just get tickets and, and go and uh, – uh, and yeah, and it's, not, it's not like SEMA. I thought it was, but it's, uh, it's everything's open to the public. The convention's open to the public, so get your get tickets at the door and come on down. Uh, yeah, Chuck Liddell will be out there in the same booth, Limitless booth, right? Um, oh, Liddell and Shamrock, man. I'm yeah, telling Saint you, it's, it, it's a cast of characters. Man, I do. Uh, it's gonna be. Uh, it's, it's gonna be. Uh, Anderson Silva, yeah, it's gonna be, yep. it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be a, a lot so, of fun. So we're all going Nick to Diaz, uh, Andy Amos for dinner Friday, and, and we're gonna have some fun. Um, so go out there and check that out, and uh, I hopefully we'll have some updates. Uh, I don't know about next week, but um, I dropped off the truck over at uh, Galpin Auto Sports. Our guys, our friends over there, are working on it. They're doing the DJM lowering kit. Uh, we are <laughs> taking out that terrible. 
that terrible shift kit. We're going to put a whole new valve body in that transmission and get it to shift normally. Okay, um, what did you decide on the wheels? Uh, okay, we're going to do that right now. I'll tell you what we're going to do on the wheels. We put it out there. Uh, do I go aftermarket? Do I do something? And I sat down with Brad Fanshawe. He owns Bond Speed Wheels. Uh, he's my co-host on Shift and Steer. And I said, uh, what do you think? And also, everybody's responses were fantastic. Thanks for everybody who responded on social media. And it, and the numbers came in on to, to keep a little bit of the legacy of the truck, uh, of, of the look. So it's got the stock 17s that are on there now, and it's got kind of that swoosh thing, and then they're not directional, um, and there's no real lip to it. So I sat down with Brad, and he said he's going to sketch it up for us. He's Our plan is to custom make a set of 18-inch rims. They're going to be two-piece billet wheels. They're going to have a modern version play on the original design. Of course, they're going to be directional, and we're going to stagger them. Although we may run a 295 tire all the way around, I want a little bit more lip in the back, a little more dish. So we're going to do 18.9s in the front, 18.10s in the back. And uh, and this will allow me to do two things, uh, Bill, which you may have some advice on, is I can run the 295, 45.18s, run the nittos on all four corners, um, or, or I can run the 295-45-18 Nitto NT-05s in the front and the 305-35-18 drag radials in the back. And with my whopping 203 horsepower, I don't need it now. But when we step up this bad boy to 700 horsepower, <laughs> uh, that might be the way to go. How do you like running on the drag radials? Um, you know, they have, they have various versions, um, yeah. you know, they get the, the, uh, the road course. Ver- I mean, Hey man, for the street, it's not the tire to run. Okay. Um, I, I run it on my cars, on my challengers because they're all special. I, I drive them for special occasions. Right. I don't drive one of them every day. Right. You're going to, so course, you're often going to an I event or showing it or something and, and, and whatnot, yeah. So absolutely, but they're but they're. I think it's the NT five five or the NT five five five. Yeah, I got to look at them, but there is no question that they have a capable tire right above that drag radial. Yeah, that they gives do. you a little bit of, of the best of both worlds. And as far as staggering them or, or keeping them all the way the same size all the way around, it's just going to be based upon feel on that truck. I mean, I like the feel of having them the same, same size all the way around. Yeah. Um, but it's just going to be how that trucks, how the weight's distributed and how, how it feels and suspension wise. And, you know, it's all in the feel of the driver. So, well, that uh, one I can just give you a little advice on, but you're, you're going to have to choose on your own. No, that's good. That's it's, it's good advice. It's definitely something we're going to have to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to check out. Um, when I get some sketches or something of the wheels, I'll post them up and you guys can check them out. Um, like I said, these guys are lowering it. We're moving the battery to the back. We're going to make a custom battery tray over by the rear bumper-ish area. That'll move some weight to the back and take some weight off the nose. Um, I'm uh, rebuilding the rear uh, the rear end. I'm putting in an, an Eaton True Track uh, limited slip differential. We're doing custom 31 spline axles. I'm changing the gearing in it. Uh, a little bit. Um, 
uh, some cool things like that. Um, trying to think of what else those guys are doing to it. They're going to do the rear end. They're going to do the suspension. Oh, the steering. This could be the game changer on steering. Is uh, uh, we we're taking out the original steering box, which is a seventeen to one ratio. And we picked up a Flaming River quick ratio box. It's not designed for the truck. It's got different mounting points. Um, and but it is a twelve to one ratio. So we and we got some some custom pieces, uh, some basically some universal pieces from Flaming River. We're trying to do our own custom uh, a steering shaft, possibly eliminate the rag joint to get the slop out of there, go to a quick ratio box, and this thing should start to, to handle and feel like any good autocross or sports car. You know, um, it'll ben, be... I would definitely go with the same size tires all the way around. Yeah, and it's and to your point on that is it's going to come down to how we can balance this truck. Uh, the rear trucks are always, you know, the pickup trucks are always very light in the back and heavy in the front, and and we might have to compensate it with tire size. We could probably do something with sway bar. So uh, we're playing around with it a little bit to see what we come up with. But um, uh, anyway, we uh, we're we're running out of time here. I'll just uh, tell you guys one more time a little bit about Dodge. Uh, maybe you'll peel out with a powerful Dodge Charger or share your adventure with friends in a roomy seven-passenger Durango. It's the most powerful SUV in its class. Check it out now. Dodge Power Dollars. Hit the dealers. Dodge dealers everywhere. All right, guys. Uh, let's uh, uh, let's wrap things up. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow me. I'm uh, at Motorator on, uh, on pretty much all social media. You can follow Goldberg. He's Goldberg and Goldberg Garage on Twitter. And Goldberg95, Goldberg's Garage on Instagram. Follow him. See the dyno videos and the updates of uh, all the cool front projects that we're doing. Um, That's pretty much it. Thanks, guys. Until next time, keep the air and the spare and the bag and the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Hey guys, thanks for listening to CarCast. Of course, we're brought to you by our friends at Dodge. So visit your local Dodge dealer where we bring you performance, technology, and great deals. There's never been a better time to join the Brotherhood of Muscle because now we're offering Dodge Power Dollars, which means for each horsepower, you'll get $10 off. So put some rubber on the pavement in a Dodge Challenger SRT Hellcat Red Eye and get $7,970 off. Maybe you'll peel out with a powerful Dodge Charger or share your adventure with friends in the roomy seven-passenger Durango. It's the most powerful SUV in its class. So hurry into your local Dodge dealer and take advantage of Dodge Power Dollars. See dealer for details. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by September 30, 2019. Based on 2019 Ward's midsize sports utility vehicle segment excludes other FCA US LLC vehicles. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC.